When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike. I'm here with Nick. That's me. It is him. I can absolutely vouch for that. Here we are in Thanksgiving week. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble. It is. Uh, not that it really matters in Michigan because thanks to COVID, we're locked down. Uh, not just Michigan, but that's where we're at. And the day where you would normally get together with your family and spend time eating bountiful amounts of food and copious amounts of sweets, I'm going to be chilling in front of the television by myself <laughs> with my kids and wife. Well, and we used to do thanks, you know, big Thanksgiving at my house. We did. And we will get back to that. There will be a day when we can all do that again. And I hope it's next year, and it's a little bummer not to see our family, but it's better to be safe than sorry. 100% agree. Definitely safety first, but this actually is kind of good because it gives me time to uh, woodburn you a plaque of family get-together rules. (laughs) It's going to be great. (laughs) Well, you will have the time to do that. So, speaking about food, this week, I want to talk about something a little bit different. I am... No, not quite that much. I'm. Uh, I think we've brought it up before. I'm on the planning commission here in this town. We were talking about how to landscape, or uh, people always joke around. There's a gentleman named Jeff, and him and I are always asking for one more tree. No matter how many trees you put on a plan, we ask for one more every Never single time. Such thing as too much. Yeah, there's no such thing as too many trees. No one's ever going to come up with a plan that has too many trees. I agree. Well, in one of our meetings, I brought up landscaping with edible plants okay and so it's it's an idea called edible landscaping it was not received well not at all i don't why not i don't understand why wasn't it received well well first of all my idea was as we remove a tree okay we replace a tree but instead of going with the normal cityscape every once in a while you mix in a fruit tree Okay, so you're telling me that everyone that didn't want it, were they all carnivores? <laughs> no, it wasn't a hunt and gather moment, but it was, okay. uh, or instead of, in the city, a lot of times we take flowers and plant them year after year after year. They don't, yeah. we just, we take them out at the end of the season and so it's on. Because they're pretty. So because they're pretty. Well, the greenage is just ground cover. Mm-hmm. So what I was talking about is maybe using strawberries as that ground cover. You can still have other plants in there, but let's... Let it, let's make the landscaping of our town edible. And the concept was, is we already have a share space. You know, we, mm-hmm. have a, we have a, a garden stand where everybody in town, if they grow too much of something, donates it to the town. 
this would just kind of fit in. It's free to the community. This is one of those things that I thought was a great idea. It is a great way to help get fruits to the residents. It just was not received well whatsoever. It's kind of disheartening because it's something that's a little different. And I happen to be a person who generally likes to see change with proper preparedness. I mean, I understand that people don't always like change, but that sounds like something that'd be kind of cool. Well, and and let's be honest, that was the first problem is it's different. Okay. And I expect that problem every time I speak when it comes to changing anything in a town that is used to it being the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the same festivals done the same way year after year after year. People are constantly saying, well, we've done it this way for 20 years. So when I do bring up something new, that's already expected. I expect to have to defend what I say. I just didn't expect it to go quite this badly. Well, um, as I'm sure you're going to get into you know, the ups and downs of it, uh, I will say that when ideas are met so harshly, with so much resistance, it either means two things. It was a very, very bad idea, or you're onto something that's really good and people are scared of it. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I want to bring it up here. Because if it's a terrible idea, I need to know. Because I haven't found the terrible part of that idea. I think I found a common ground, and we'll get to that at the end. Mm-hmm. But let's go through the things that were thrown at me as negatives. Okay. And we'll just talk them through. Because okay. the first thing, obviously, was fallen fruit makes a mess. That when it, when trees drop their fruit, it you know it's going to be in people's yards. It's going to be in the streets. It's going to be all over the place. Who's going to pay to clean that up? Um, okay. Am I allowed to respond to these? You are, and I'm okay. kind of hoping you would, and we'll go. Okay. We'll just play this game. Okay. Good. Well, I I think the obvious answer is the city's DPW, but maybe it's not called the DPW. It is. You're in, it but is. But it's generally people that take care of that stuff. Um, I think the other obvious answer would be the same people who already clean up the leaves that pick them up on the side of the road. Also, you're right. Fruit comes off trees. It hits the ground. It it is there. Um, However, you will find that uh, squirrels and other animals and birds will eat the fruit. They will use it in their homes and for the feed their young. And if the apples or the pears or the peaches, not peaches, it's Michigan, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. That fruit is such an eyesore. Go out and pick it. Well, and I think... Some of this is you have to make sure the community knows that it's free-for-all. And if it's free-for-all, people are going to walk by, pick an apple while they're walking, and eat it. It's theirs. It's part of the community. And it might take a minute for everybody to realize that the tree in front of this house is on community property, and anyone can have that apple, or those cherries, or whatever it happens to be. I think once it's known, very little will hit the ground and go to waste. If it does, it's fertilizer. Or it's animal feed. It is It is not a massive mess. It, there is not going to be 60 straight trees. Yeah, you're not, you're not planting an orchard. No, no. You're just going to replace a few here and there, selectively placing them throughout the city. You know, so what kind of mess will it really bring? And you're right. The same people who already clean up are still cleaning up. The difference is, is instead of dumping it or burning it like they do now, it really should go in a compost pile. It should be going out of compost pile anyways. Well, because every year after year, we buy more dirt, which is just silly. I've, I've consistently said we, we get the leaves for free. 
We get all this organic waste from trimming all the bushes and all the other trees. That stuff needs to go in a pile. And we just, we have bulldozers. We can turn the piles. It's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. And then when we need dirt, we have good soil to grow all the things we want to grow in town. So, honestly, fruit just enhances that soil, in my mind. Well, it, it does, but it also... I mean, the, one of the obvious things for it is any flowering plant is going to be good for bees, which is good pollination. So it actually helps all the other foliage in the area. The other thing being, like I already mentioned, feeding the, the local wildlife. And I know that most people aren't thrilled with the notion of having you know more rabbits and more squirrels in their yard. But if you want those, you know, those seeds or those pieces of fruit eaten, they're going to do it. Well, and I want to address both of those things. First of all, one of the complaints was all the bugs and wasps. Because when you said, you know, the bees are going to go to the flowers, and you're right. Bees do. That's how they pollinate. Right. And and honestly, so do wasps. They do the exact same thing as a honeybee or a bumblebee. Pest control in a city is done the same way either way. If you have a nest of bees, they're going to remove it. It doesn't matter if it's on a public piece of property or a public tree. So that is really not a, a major concern. Okay, so not wanting to have a fruit tree in your yard because you're afraid of bees. Saying that you don't want to have a fruit tree or a flowering plant because you don't like bees is like saying you're against low-income housing because it's going to bring a bunch of drugs into your community. Just because you have a plant that flowers and bees come and they get the pollen does not mean one worker bee start a hive on that limb and you're going to have thousands of bees in your yard every day. Right. No, and it's ridiculous. It, there's there's flowering. What's funny is is they like the flowers in town. Well, the same bees visit those flowers too. So it's really just I'm angry to be angry, less than it than a real point. The animal side. I got to tell you, I you know me and my garden. I have a garden, <laughs> and I have animals left and right coming yes, to my garden. Some of the laziest bunnies, some of the craziest woodchucks, or whatever that beaver it's a, thing it's was. Woodchuck, you don't live near water. It's not a beaver. <laughs> my wife's gonna love that because I keep giving that poor mammal a different name every time I say it. But they're already there. We have raccoons getting into trash cans. We are a smorgasbord for nature when we're not looking. Well, in general, yeah, we provide everything they need, and we provide it at their disposal. Right, and if it drops to the ground away from my garden and away from my trash cans, and it's easier to get to than my garden and my trash cans, what food will they go for first? Well, hopefully the low-risk... High sugars. Oh, well, yeah, I'd hope so. I really don't know, but I assume. Yeah, so uh, the chances of... Now, first of all, the fruit sitting there very long is pretty limited. Squirrels, raccoons, bunnies, they're all going to eat it. But they're also going to not eat my garden as much, which I'm pretty excited about. Well, yeah, I agree. And I'm excited because your tomatoes are the bomb. Uh, But (laughs) I just, I guess I don't understand any real problem someone could have with this concept. And I, I can't wait to hear some of the more things that were told to you because... I'm really good at imagining worst possible outcomes. Like I'm, real, I'm definitely a pessimist to some degree, and I can't think of a bad thing. Well, then one of the things that, that was brought up to me is that residents will fight over it. They'll start claiming that this is my tree, it's in front of my house, and these are my apples. Whoever has the tallest ladder wins. It has to be announced to the city that these are open to all. And my point to them was, if one person is taking all of the apples, okay. then we need more trees. 
How many, if this were to happen, if you guys put this into play tomorrow, how many fruit trees per street are we talking? Well, right now, it wouldn't be much at all. It would be in replacement for trees removed or in new planned areas selectively because we still want high canopy ones here and there. Okay, let's say two on a block. Okay. Okay. Two trees on a block. Let's fast forward till they're they're of fruit-bearing age. Not like just fruit-bearing, but where they're fully mature. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the city is keeping them trimmed where they're supposed to be. And, you know, so they're not getting ridiculous overgrown limbs and stuff. Do you have any idea how many apples a tree can produce in one year? <laughs> if fertilized correctly, quite a few. Yeah, on a low end, 80 to 100. Are you telling me that the ginormous city of Durand is going to out-eat the tree that the trees can produce? The concept, or what that was brought to me, is that people will fight over the apples. Just because your supermarket charges you 3 to $4 per apple does not mean that a tree is going to grow six. Right. Well, and again, my answer was, if... If people are fighting over the free fruit, then we need to find them more free fruit. Then we need to start planting more trees. There's a there's a need in our community if it gets to that point. My general consensus with that kind of stuff is that if the city is able to, which it is, not that I want to spend your city's money, but you you have those people that are already doing maintenance, already picking up the mm-hmm. leaves, already doing that kind of stuff. So if you can plant those trees and provide a service to the community on top of a service that already exists which free food is like it or love it and okay apples i don't think you have a big homeless problem in durand no. but apples are pretty much good <laughs> until they're not which sounds kind of dumb but you can hold an apple cold for months so if you have an apple tree that has apples which usually are ready for harvest in like the middle of august towards september as long as they don't fall off that tree they'll be good well into winter uh, until they freeze mm-hmm. once they're frozen they're toast but so if they're still hanging there, they're fine. Oh, yeah. Apples, pears, uh, cherries. These are all standard Michigan fruit trees. And let's not forget, we want a tree in the city anyways. We want the shade. Because if you've ever walked down the street without shade, it is excruciating. When you when you have canopy trees all over the place and you've got some stagger to it, you get a nice little wind tunnel as where you're walking. You get shade. It makes it much more in- appealing to go for a stroll go for a walk. That's not their only purpose. We already put them there for safety barriers. So if you're walking or riding your bike on a sidewalk, you're not worried about how the cars are acting on the roads. Now granted, that's more for busier roads or faster driving vehicles. Those trees are a gorgeous natural barrier that that helps you feel protected. All I am proposing is that on some of those trees, we give it one more benefit and make it fruit-bearing. I think that every single tree that comes down, whether natural causes or, you know, they get taken down, should be replaced with a fruit tree. I don't think there's even a question as to why it's a great idea. I think that if someone looks at it logically, they would see that it makes sense. In fact, it could be argued that it's irresponsible to plant any other tree there than a fruit-bearing tree. Well, I mean, some have other benefits. Some of the taller trees offer way more shade per square. You know, breaks up air flows at different levels. There are some other benefits. Most of those fruit-bearing trees don't get as big as an oak. It's funny you should say that, because right before this, that's what I was looking up to make sure my information was correct. Oh. White oak trees, and I, I say this because it's what I have in Montrose everywhere, grow very slow. Mm-hmm. First 10 to 15 years, they don't get very tall, but after that, they shoot up. So they can be anywhere from 100 to 120 feet tall. This past 
two weeks, because we had a windstorm, a house in downtown Montrose lost a tree. It just fell over in their yard. It crushed through their three vehicles and completely blocked off, knocked out the consumer's power lines, took the power down for that whole stretch of Nichols Road. Oh, okay. Okay, so that tree, when it hit the ground from the trunk up, essentially fell off. Like, it tipped over, the roots came out, mm-hmm. but once it hit the ground, all the limbs in the, that were in the air were solid wood. But the tree was so old, and it, I'm not sure if it was diseased. It didn't look diseased, but mm-hmm. the entire trunk was hollow. You have a 120-year-old know, tree, probably was planted shortly after the town was created. Like, it, it's a it's piece of history, mm-hmm. okay, and got too heavy for its roots and its structure to bear and fell over. So had that tree fallen in a different direction, it could have completely destroyed the house. I, I see what you're saying. So some of these oversized, um, as they age, could be a real problem. Yeah, I, I think you should plan for the future. An apple tree is only going to get about 25, 30 feet tall, 40 on the biggest varieties. And once you keep them trimmed, then you also control the growth, which if you're planting trees in a an area where people live, you should be controlling the growth anyway. You want the tree, but you don't want it to be ridiculous. It needs to be maintained or mm-hmm. limbs are going to break and they're going to fall. Then it's going to become unsightly. That's not unique to fruit trees. I have a maple tree in my yard right now that I do not have a ladder to get to the top. It's like 50 feet tall. I can see dead limbs up. That When it, winds come, they're coming down. Right, right. What are they going to come down on top of? It's, it's kind of my point on this. So if you plant a tree in the city, my assumption is you're not just planting it for two or three years. They don't exactly grow fast. Right. So if you're going to plant trees, the fruit-bearing ones make sense. They're not big. They provide a service. You have the beautiful colors. You have the flowers. You have the shade. You have all the stuff you need. They get tall enough to walk under. Right. And they're not so tall that you're constantly trying to get them out of the power lines. If we have recorded this a month ago, I probably wouldn't be as feverish about it now. But watching the oak tree smoke the power on that entire road. Like just looking at it, and it was really scary because the trunk of this tree was 20 feet. The trunk, Mike, was 20 foot at least. It was four of me, and that was hollow. And everything else that came down was solid as a rock mm-hmm. or as a tree. <laughs> as a tree. <laughs> well, and as we had this conversation, it just got darker during this conversation because one of the next things that people said, well, they're going to steal the fruit, which I don't understand. It's free. It's a very weird conversation when people start taking this odd turn into they're going to steal because it's everybody's. It's not owned. It's not owned by anyone. It's everybody's. If you're sitting on a, on a park bench having a soda that you just got from the soda shop and you see a strawberry, you pick it and you eat it. No different than anybody else. It's it's available for the community. There is no steal. So one negative reaction and if I'm jumping the gun on this, because if you did get it, I won't be surprised, that I'm waiting for you to say, is someone to say something to the effect of, oh, they're going to take the fruit, and then they're going to sell it. Or they're going to make something with it, and then they're going to sell it. I don't care. Well, <laughs> If you get something for free, and you use that as a source of income, good for you. It's free. Yeah. I mean, and I laughed because I've had this conversation. And I've had that irrational argument thrown at me. And my answer was, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're going to take all of them? Yes. Okay, well, how long would that take? It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. So they take 30, 40, 50 apples. Well, they can't sell them to the same town, could they? Because they're in that town. People would know. They'd have to go to another town. And I had someone say, well, you know, you're going to have drug dealers stealing it for the money. Well, let me, let me, what? let me, let me. 
Okay, so you get the apples. Hold you on. take, hang on, you take them to another town, and you sell the apples. Did we just take the drug dealer and make him a farmer? Did you literally just say drug dealers are going to steal apples? For their drug money, yes. Uh, that was an actual comment. Not during this meeting, but has been a comment to me. Which to me was hilarious, because if they're taking apples and selling them, they have no need for other things. You know they're going to go back, get more apples, keep selling. You know they're now a farmer's market farmer. You know how many apples you'd have to, you'd have to move <laughs> to afford drugs? A drug habit. So, a lot of the arguments that get thrown at you are kind of, they're not well-baked. They haven't been thought through all the way yet. One of them is, it will hurt the local grocery store. That if we sell, if you give away apples and pears and strawberries and raspberries, then the store can't sell them. Okay, so I think local grocery stores would appreciate that. Hear me out on this. There's not a huge markup on fruit. Fruit's expensive to carry. Doesn't have a long shelf life. I guarantee your local grocer, because it's the same one I have, probably throws away a third to half of what they end up purchasing, or it gets marked off for clearance. They try to make the money back on it because it doesn't, you know, last in that pristine condition on the shelves. But you know, it does last. The ninety-nine cent knockoff stuff they have from China that they buy <laughs> in bulk that they make their real money on. They they offer the fruit, so you will shop at their store. And buy the other stuff. It's the same reason why you buy $3 sodas right next to the register. Because that's where they're making money. They're not making money on the fruit. Okay, I have two comments here. First of all, that's not reality. What happens... It, well, no, not you. This this whole argument of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. is it, That's not in the realm of reality. Because if they stop selling apples at the store, which they won't. They might slim it down a little. But they won't stop selling them. What they'll do is sell more avocados. They'll sell more pineapples. Things that you can't grow. You can't grow them here. They'll just sell more of those. Which is the general purpose of a store. Right. That's how that's how commerce works. When people want it, you have it and you sell it. If no one wants it, you don't carry it. But there are still fruits and vegetables that can be carried. No one has closed down the grocery store because of our share stand. That is actually one of the funniest things you just said. Not funny like haha, but funny in irony. They're throwing a fit about random sporadic fruit trees, which will take a couple years to produce fruit. It's not like it's going to be overnight. Because, oh, they're free. People will steal. Do people rage your share stand? <laughs> no, actually, there's always a, a solid abundance And there. the irony is that's there for people to take. People specifically donate to it, take it there, keep it stocked, so when someone doesn't have something, they can come get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been there with you. I've watched you take some like, squash up there and pick up other things. So that's okay. And ironically enough, that's centralized. That's all in one place. <laughs> if people want to steal your apples, they'll have to drive around and work for it. Like, could you imagine that time schedule for a thief? Like, oh, you know, we just ran out of drugs. Okay, it's 9 o'clock. Apples on Oak Street. Okay, and then we're going to hit the corner. <laughs> we're going to hit the cherries on Elm. We're going to go down to Mercer. We're going to hit the pear tree. And we should be home by 2 in the morning. Right. Don't forget that fence line that we put the grapes on. Man, I'm telling it's a that's another good idea. Those, those vines are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Well... So, we know that it's not true that it's going to hurt the grocery store. We even have a standing example in town. I took it one step further. What I said is that the city is choosing kindness. And if kindness violates your business model, you may want to reevaluate your business model. I agree with that. You know, so you don't want to be on the, out, on the opposite side of kindness. That's silly. 
Which brings me to kind of a serious point now. Obviously, kindness in this world is very important, and sometimes it's hard to find. One of the comments made is just hateful and negative, and it doesn't necessarily even warrants accepting it as as a point, because it isn't a point. Uh, I was flat out told that if you give food to people, they'll become lazy and lose their ability to work for it. serious at this point i'm no longer entertained (laughs) you're no longer you're no longer finding a a point that is opposite of what we are doing you're just being a hateful person and that's unacceptable so i am going to say this as nicely as i can since i warned you i might get frustrated or in this case appalled if you give someone food to feed their family and they get lazy maybe Food and the laziness have nothing to do with each other. Maybe people need food to feed their families because people need to eat, they need to drink water because we're animals and that, that's part of being alive. Maybe if someone's lazy, it doesn't matter, it's none of your business, and that's completely unique to who they are, and maybe you don't know anything about their life, and there's things going on you don't know. Maybe you shouldn't matter. Maybe you should decide that there is a, an approval system of who gets to eat an apple that no one paid for and no one grew, that it just grew on its own. Here's the deal. Lazy is not a, a standard unit of measurement. I think I've said this to you before in the past. For for every junior executive, there's an ex, a senior executive that thinks they're lazy. Mm-hmm. If you are saying that, that is just hateful. That is attempting to feel good about yourself by making someone else feel bad. And I'm not going to entertain this conversation with them. That's the kind of mentality that's against any kind of assistance because they don't feel that it's warranted. And in those situations, I can't help but wonder if maybe at one point in that person's life, they needed help and they couldn't get it for whatever reason, maybe. And that's what has jaded them against helping other people. I believe that if someone needs help, you you give it to them. You offer it. You give every chance you can to help them get out of whatever they're in. Some people are going to take it. Some people aren't. And that's fine. You can't control what people do with the options you give them. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make a drink. However, you don't chastise or judge them for it. Because they're not doing what you think they should or shouldn't do. If I grew an apple tree in my yard, and then let's say something terrible happens, that's on the power grid for whatever terrible storm, whatever. If I've got food and your family needs it, come get it. Yeah. I'll bring it to you. Yeah, that's what communities are. Communities help each other, communities work together. And what was said is ugly and, ha- and I believe has other symptoms that it's has nothing to do with this. It is. It is embarrassing. But I had to at least address it so that people know. Because when you go to your town and say we should do this, there's always going to be one. And they need to know that that's an unacceptable manner. That we are all here, we are all community, and we are all one. Bottom line, we don't even humor the ugly. So anyways, I went beyond that. We got past that. So I've started talking about finding that in the middle space where people can see it working and be okay. So what we talked about was we have a lot of museums, you know, because again, Duran trains, we've got a caboose that just sits in the yard. We have a couple of cabooses, a couple of train cars Mm -hmm. that they've turned into little park areas. Okay. There's nothing, there's fence lines that are just chain link fences. Wouldn't that be better as grapes? I think so. You know, it would look better. It would be gorgeous. And it would be edible. I, you're right. It would be edible. I personally love grapes. Not to, not necessarily to eat them. I mean, they are tasty. But 
as a kid, we had grapevines mm -hmm. and we had apple trees in the backyard. And I feel so strongly about this kind of stuff because I had access to that stuff. But I did, I took it for granted as every kid does without knowing, you know, really what I, what I grew up around. I think it would look better as grapes for two reasons. I think chain link fences are super ugly. I think any fence is ugly. I just don't like fences. Yeah, you built this beautiful little park and then you stuck a chain link fence yeah. across it. But my favorite thing is the, you have a line of trees. Tree is just, it's a perfect invention. Mm -hmm. They're gorgeous. Let's cut all those down. Let's sand and shave the wood. Let's build a fence where the tree used to be. Right. So, wood, still attractive, but it's just, I don't care for them. So when you have these vines that grow up over, and all of a sudden, before you know it, these beautiful leaves, and, and grapevines are really nice in the sense they have those um those parts that just kind of swirl with little springs. Like they're very mm -hmm. pretty. And then, you know, when you get in towards the colder part of, or when you get in towards the later part of the summer and the grapes ready for harvest, I think it's after the first chill generally, like when you first, the first morning you come out and like your grass is like white I and mean, it's frozen. Right, it's got a frost cover. Yeah, that's pretty much when grapes are ready. And they're, they're gorgeous and they're just so pretty. And if you have big blue and purple concords and mm -hmm. those nice red ones or white ones, like they're, it's gorgeous. And if people want to eat them, great, eat them. That's what they're for. If not, the birds will. Oh, yeah, you ain't joking. Right. <laughs> if there's one fruit of bird, they'll, oh, they'll, they'll destroy grapes. But, you know, so instead of having these bushes in different spots that some of them die, some of them overgrow, they're always trimmed. We have to maintain them. There's raspberries. There's other blueberries. There's an obvious one. Yeah. I mean, these are things that you can plant in those places that look just as attractive. Mm -hmm. And it offers something back. So what I talked about was let's... Okay, let's not start with the most common areas. Let's start with some of these little parks. Let's put a couple of trees in. Let's put a couple of bushes in. Let's let's plant the grapes along the fence lines. And let's see what happens. When that stuff starts to mature, it's going to be beautiful. Well, it's going to be beautiful. You're right. And you've heard me say this before. People fear what they don't understand. And what they I don't knew understand. that was coming. Huh? I knew that was it's coming. Gonna come in almost every when I was time. writing this, I knew it was coming. <laughs> well, it's true though. They they don't understand change, and what they don't understand change is the notion that it can be good. People in general fear what they've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. It may be free, whatever it is, is scary. Maybe it's you know unsettling because they believe you have to work for everything you have. I think a good work ethic is healthy, but I also think free fruit, free food. It doesn't hinder anything else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hinder anything else. It's no, just it's, a positive. It's, it couldn't hinder anything. Like one of the things I, I saw is we have a couple of benches. And okay. that when it's summertime, like myself and a bunch of friends and family went out and cleaned the gardens, you know. And, and it's hot. And it, in the summertime, it's really quite hot over there. There's, not a, there's no shade. That if you put up poles with grapes or another vining plant mm -hmm. that's not invasive because let's face it most vining plants are invasive so if we use fruiting plants they're easier to contain they would grow up over the canopy you just yeah. run metal lines across and every summer that year after year it would grow more and more and it would create this grape shade if you will that people who go in there and sit down have this beautiful tunnel almost well yeah and that's kind of um well, that's kind of one of the oldest designs for shade. I mean, any place that's ever that's made wine, you know, mm -hmm. vineyards, that's almost exactly how they do it. Not necessarily benches, but the concept is, is the vines grow up, they cover, usually it's like a lattice type material, 
and the grapes as they grow hang down, just walk through and pick them and put them in the bucket. Like it's right. not, it's not overly complicated. It's a very easy. It's like a rudimentary uh, concept. I almost want to be like elementary, my dude. <laughs> it's super simple. Yeah, the, you just have to be creative with the space, and I think that once people see it working, it can really explode. That downtown, all those planters mm-hmm. could be strawberries. All those places where they buy flowers year after year after year can be strawberries. You know, there's a lot of things that can go in these that offer something right back to the community. Well, they do, but also looking into it further, if you have these park areas, like these nice public areas, if you have things like like the grape coverings or like these beautiful, even even if it's just like, let's say you have a, a town square or um, a small courtyard at like a park, Mm-hmm. You have four or five apple trees. Even if it's like in a north, south, east, west configuration, four stunning trees. People are going to want to be there. They're going to want to take pictures there. Wouldn't it be really great if you had community spaces in your town where people actually wanted to get married at and they wanted to mm-hmm. actually utilize more than just for trains? Not dogging the trains. I love trains. But I think it'd be really cool. I mean, and maybe I'm just biased. I got married in an apple orchard in the apples. So <laughs> you did. I think it's a wonderful idea. No, and I think that if done correctly and maintained correctly, it's not more expensive really to maintain. It's probably cheaper. You're right, because some of the stuff, like we went out there and cleaned. See, a lot of cities and towns say, well, who's going to do it? Well, no one paid us to go pull weeds. We have council members in this town who give me a call and we go clean the streets because we're part of this community. We work within this community, and we help this community. It's not always DPW that does it. We went and spent a day walking. I was with the city manager, several council members. We went around picking up cigarette butts and garbage all up and down the main street. Community works together. Mm -hmm. This way, community gets something back. Some of those tax dollars goes into every one of these trees. The difference is, this one gives you something back. Mm Mm-hmm. So I want people to keep some of these things in mind. Does it have to be everything 100% completely start over and change it? No, but it can be a slow evolution of better. When we start looking at our city spaces, edible landscaping can do a lot for a community. Mm-hmm. It can help a community. I just got done working with the schools. COVID is really harming and shaking up the school system. And one of the worries was kids don't get food. Kids It doesn't matter if it's school time. You know, that's why they get the lunches at school. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to nourish children. In the summertime, they have the same problem. Kids don't get fed. So they have summer food programs. So kids can come on down and get a lunch. Well, lunch is everywhere. A healthy lunch will be all across your city. Yeah, and it's natural sugar. It's not processed. It's easy for your body to digest. Um, I... I can't get behind this enough, man. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, it's just a matter of getting it pushed. It's got to be something. It's change. People's brains start to itch when when it's not something they're used to seeing. You say itch, I say melt. It works. (laughs) It's just, it's every square inch of a city should be designed for the person. Yeah. And for me, being an energy nut, every roof should be a green space or a solar panel. We're getting there. Every, Every open space, if you want shade... Nature has mastered it. We just have to pick which portion of nature to use. Probably the same portion that, that filters things, that cleans things, that holds it all together. Oh, yeah, trees. Yeah. Trees. <laughs> well, when I just did the short on trees, and 
the laundry list of things that trees can do are shockingly amazing. I tried to, I did five or six minutes of just talking about benefits of trees, and I probably scratched the surface. Uh, there's people who study trees out there probably laughing their, their rear off going, man, he didn't even cover the important stuff. But it is... He's like, way to spot the obvious. Right? right, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just grabbing the low-hanging fruit, if you will. <laughs> and it is, a tree does such remarkable things. On top of the fact that if you have flooding in your towns, if you have drainage problems in your towns, you're giving water a way to go to recharge the aquifers. There isn't many negatives to too many trees. There isn't any negatives to too many trees unless they're not maintained properly. It's It just goes back to like the really big species of trees. If your trees that you're planting in your city are going to be there for more than 25 or 30 years, they're trees, they will. And you just plant accordingly. Don't put species there that are going to, be, that are going to overgrow the community you planted them. If you know you have a residential area where there's lots of houses, tight knit, Everyone's got a city lot, which means almost no yard. And you have street lights and you have, you know, power lines everywhere. Then you don't want a hundred foot tall tree. For whatever reason, if it decides to come down, it takes a lot of damage with it. It causes a lot of damage as it comes down. <laughs> so you could put ornamental trees, but they're really kind of uh, expensive and they're very susceptible to small diseases and really harsh winters. And they don't really have a good root system. Well, the fruit trees, fruit trees are the best of both worlds. They're not overly big. They produce a fruit. They're very pretty. Well, and I don't think I've ever heard someone go, oh, look at all the ugly apple blossoms. I can't believe those cherry blossoms look like that. That is just disgusting looking. Yeah, I don't I don't think people say that kind of stuff. No, they're beautiful trees. Yeah, um, I, mean, I say it about cherries. I don't like cherries, <laughs> but that's the taste. Well, and I will say that fruit trees are a little more pricey than ornamental, but you're getting much more for them. You're getting some more benefits for them. And yes, you don't put them in every spot. You're selective. You're going to pick and choose where you want the the fruit trees. You're going to pick and choose where you might want strawberries because they can take off on you. So a lot of times in-town planters are are good spaces because it prevents spread. But it is, you'll just pick and choose based on your community. Mm -hmm. And it's something that once it's mature, continues to benefit the community and with less maintenance. Because I'll be honest, if you've got an island area that you're constantly ripping the dirt out, buying new dirt, planting in uh, flowers every year, once that is strawberries, that flower, by the way, and now there's everberries that I have flowering everberries right now underneath some yesterday's snow, they're still there. They're still green. So they're, it's not like they're only there for part of the season. Mm-hmm. Now, these hybrids are year, almost year-round or at least through any spring through fall. And I can tell you in town, half the stuff is already dead. Oh, I don't doubt it. Most of the plants that you plant every single year aren't meant to be grown in this climate. And I say that because we're the only species that cultivates nature for beauty. Mm -hmm. So we put together these lavish gardens with these beautiful flowers, and it's great. You know, you plant them in April, May, a little before maybe. They're flowering and they're gorgeous for June and July. August comes, they start to kind of slow down, gets too hot, not enough rain. Winter comes with a toast. Yeah. And we just tip them back into the ground and start over. Yep. So this is something that with minimal maintenance comes back year over year. The benefit does too. So here's the deal. Be thoughtful. Think about this. this. If you're in a town and someone brings this up, stop for a moment. Think about it. 
don't go straight to all the possibilities that are negative. Work on the best places. Start slow and grow into it. Over the next 10 years, I hope that this town is redesigned for people. Because right now, it's designed for cars. And I would, I would love it to be redesigned for human life. And part of that is food on every corner. I completely agree. And to be honest, um, going back a couple episodes, we already have food in every corner. So I think it should be food that's actually good for us and is nourishing our bodies instead of a pack of M&Ms or a thing of old donuts. Yep. And just think, kids riding their bikes all around the place are going to grab it and have it. Good. I hope to take a grocery sack with them and get them on the way. I, I really do. Like I want people to. I want people to enjoy this concept. Mm-hmm. Like I am not the biggest fruit eater. I like it, but I don't get that much. But there is something that is just irresistible about like a beautiful apple or like a gorgeous orange. I wish we could grow oranges here. Well, and it doesn't even have to stop at fruit. I mean, if they really want to plant something yearly, we can start putting some vegetables in spots, too. There are some vegetables that come back year over year. Asparagus, for an example, which is an invasive species. You have to be very careful where you put it, or you'll have a yard of asparagus. Rhubarb. is <laughs> every year. Yep. So if you pick these planters specifically for certain things, you're all done planting, and everybody gets a benefit. So... That's what we have this week. I hope that this was an interesting episode for you. I hope it at least spurred some thought if maybe in the past you thought this was a negative thing. But I think as urban planning evolves with complete streets and some other changes throughout its process, edible landscaping should be part of it. I think that is a human benefit. I completely agree. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave a comment. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. Feel free to leave a comment on the Greening Your Life page or on our Facebook page. That's all we have this week. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. If you have the desire to be sustainable but are unsure of what can go in the recycling bin or you're constantly forgetting the reusable grocery bags, check out Starting Sustainability, the podcast. Don't be frustrated or confused anymore. Starting Sustainability was created to help those beginning their sustainable journey. Each week we give ideas on simple concepts you can easily incorporate into your current lifestyle. We also share stories of what works and what doesn't so you don't have to waste your time and money. Check out Starting Sustainability, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.